wish you knew more stuff. Wish you were more helpful around the house or had an understanding of something that people are talking about at a party. Don't worry, you're not alone. That's why we have enlisted Skillshare to help you out. That's right, Skillshare is a proud sponsor of the A7FL and the A7FL's three-on-one podcast. We want you to get in on the good stuff now. So go to the link right below in the description or wherever you're watching this or go to a7fl.tv slash podcast. Click the Skillshare link and you get a free 30-day trial because you are a fan of the A7FL. So do the thing. Head on over right now to a7fl.tv slash podcast or click right in the description below if you're watching us on YouTube or if you're listening to the podcast right now. Do the thing. Click the link in the info below and sign up now. Do 30 days free because of us here at the A7FL. Well, because because we love you. We want you to have cool stuff. And now back to this piece of A7FL content, more than likely showing my face. So, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna hedge heavy on that. You you bet. Welcome to the three on one podcast on a7fl.tv, wherever podcasts are sold, and now caffeine.tv on the a7fl channel. I'm Matt Ryan, and I'm joined as always by the man blocking the line. He's Big Rob Fabian, and he's my quarterback. You know him, you love him, you already know who it is. It's the Omega Man, Corey Hammond. So let's get right into it, guys. Holy hell, this past weekend in the A7FL, one game shouldn't have felt like an upset, and that's the game we'll talk about first. The Baltimore Watchmen told us all year to watch this, and 20 unanswered points in the second half got them a 33-13 win over the Patterson U. Corey, what are some takeaways that you had from that game this past Sunday, our last game of the year in Asbury Park, New Jersey. Yeah, I think it was, first of all, it was a lot more competitive than I think the final score says because that last deluge of 20 points was, you know, just the the, the total effect of all of the things that the Watchmen did consistently the entire game. And the struggles, even though the U showed that they're, they had championship fight in them, they just couldn't figure it out. But I think, you know, the the... all as, as guys from New Jersey, right? I think we all knew who Baltimore and the Baltimore Watchmen were. We were just hesitant to kind of side with the, with the Baltimore sides of our alter egos and really give them the full credit they deserve because we are New Jersey guys first, and this is a New Jersey league for most of the seasons that we've been in existence. But just like a, a, a recent season in which Baltimore was dominant, all of the turmoil preseason led to a situation in which, hey, guys, I'm wrong because they came out with John Gauze and Ace Boogie, uh, OG Buck, and and coming back and forth with those two guys, it was just too much for even a championship-level team like the U to handle. And now New Jersey's out, and we're going to find out who's going to be the best in the entire nation 
And for the first time in what seems like forever, and it was the, 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 the year of Baltimore, it's not going to be a Jersey team in the chip. Yeah, for the first time in five years. And Rob, a guy that you pointed out, you said, let's get me a piece of paper, write MVP on it, and go hand it to him right now is Nick Mays, who had a championship-level performance in that game. He's been a guy we've talked about before in games of the week and in prior seasons. But there was something else uh, driving him in that game. Uh, his mother passed away prior to this season due to leukemia. And it was a very inspired performance. And you throw in Ricardo Freeman, you throw that experience on that defense that shut the U out for an entire half. Is that the key to all of this? Is it that Watchman defense? Is that going to be the thing that gets them past the night crawlers in two weeks? Honestly, it's part of it. That's 100 part of it. Playing behind a guy like Nick Mays, having a performance like that, that's that's a performance of a lifetime. That's one of the best, not just defensive, I mean all-around performances I've ever seen from a, from an athlete in this league. He he took on the best blocks. He was going at the, you know, the best offensive players. He He did his thing. But the other side of this quarter is that I hate to say it, but, you know, the season's over and we can really talk about it. I hate to say it. The U does not necessarily have a concrete identity. The two-quarterback system works in Baltimore because it is exactly what they talk about. It's, it's not a guess who's going in. If you see Buck first, you know Ace is coming in after. If you see Ace first, you know Buck is coming in after. With the U, if you see Moon, we we don't know if Moon is just playing the whole game or we don't know. There's more questions. And in my opinion, the way I feel like they probably should have used their two-quarterback system was give Carlos Croslin the ball when there's a lot of space on the field. But when you get to that 30, give it to Moon and let him do his thing. There was just no clear-cut answer on offense. And the U... Do you have to go back to the drawing board? And it's not a slight. It's not me being disrespectful. I was pulling for the U to win. But, I mean, after the performance we saw Sunday, honestly, it's time to go back to the drawing board. It's time to call someone your quarterback <clears throat> and keep him there. Not a guy who might play receiver. Not an athlete because it got you far. But it won't get you past the big dogs. And that's what happened Sunday. Well, and I think well, the there's an alternate just real quick, there's an alternate universe where OG Buck was the quarterback for the U heading into Sunday. And, Corey, I'll, I'll let you get to your point, but I want to ruminate on the idea of Carlos Croslin wanting to be the guy behind center. Was that Because he just said, I'm a wide receiver, I'm a wide yeah. receiver. Is that a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy to where in those moments, Croslin should have been the guy, but that idea of I'm a wide receiver – kind of forced Kareem Moon into that spot. Well, that's I, think not, I don't personally think that's what happened. We got to remember Car Carlos Croslin did get hurt in the, in the middle of the season when things were starting to get hot for him. So he didn't get an opportunity to get a lot of those reps in. That, that, that would have put him in that position to be the starting quarterback. But, but even to that point, you saw those flashes of brilliance in the BIC game, in the Snow Tribe game, and he really didn't 
there it wasn't there in that game. And I don't know if it was the hesitancy of Ryan Shamar to keep alternating because we saw Moon in there for large swaths of that game. And in the second half, it felt like the U offense couldn't really get off the blocks. And Corey, you had a point. Let, let's get to what you were trying well, to yeah, say. And, and I think I think you mentioned it. And I think what we're kind of dancing around is, is both of these teams employed a two quarterback system for two different reasons. The Watchmen use a two quarterback season uh, uh, system because they they have two guys that they should and and needed to find to get a way to get on the field they have two quarterbacks so they have a two quarterback system because they have two legitimate quarterbacks that both deserve to be on the field that's the exact opposite reason in my opinion that the U found themselves using the two quarterback system because in essence based on the things that carlos carlson has said and moon has said and what we know about them as you know pretty high level athletes and wide receivers in this league is the you were using the two quarterback system to try to put together one, you know, competent level situation. And what they found is, is that in the regular season, their best offense was to make, was to absolutely pummel people with their offensive line in their running game. And their roster shows that with the amount of great running backs they have. But you mentioned it, Matt, there was a, a kind of an understanding coming into this season especially not just after the, the departure of Huff, which was a lot early enough for maybe this team to kind of put it together. But even later than that, the OG Buck finding himself on the Watchmen, it, it, made, it made it that the, the use quarterback situation, regardless of what was going to happen, was going to be some kind of, you know, making it work in one way or another. So what I would say is that based on the two rosters, the U all season made it work and probably with, you know, not no disrespect to Moon or Carlson, but lesser parts than Ace Boogie and OG Buck, who I think we would all agree are good enough in their own right to be the guy on whatever team that they're lining up on the roster on. It just so happens that with this Baltimore super team that came together, they've been able to make it work kumbaya. And it's just because they're always successful. You know, the two quarterback system, it gets a little hairy if there isn't success. Well, guess what? If you are constantly successful, it makes any argument that I try to make completely null and void. So I think when you look at the two quarterback systems, these two teams were on opposite reasons for using it. One had too much talent at the position. The other was trying to make up for a lack of it. And, you know, I think it showed that in the second half when both of these teams had already made the adjustments and at halftime it was basically like, all right, we're starting fresh in the third quarter. It was the watchman who had more answers and it looked like the U, even though they had a great season on our great team at times, they didn't have the answers on the third and the fourth adjustments. So right now that's why the watchmen are headed to Ohio and the U are looking at what they're going to be doing next year, depending on, you know, what we're hearing, you know, who knows. And and Rob, I'll ask this to you before we go to the second game of the twin bill we had this past weekend. In terms of being the most hyped to move on to the next round, do you think that the Watchmen deserve to feel like they can win the whole thing after the game on Sunday? Are they the favorite or are they the underdog against the Nightcrawlers right here, right now? 
I'm pretty sure that depends on who you ask, but being a Northeast guy, I think the Watchmen, cats out the bag, I think the Watchmen have been the best team in the league since week one. And I've felt that since I saw their lineup. And I do think they're the favorite to win it. Right now, it's just going to be a very fun game to watch and call because of the history behind the game. So, you know, I still think the Watchmen right now have the best chance and are the favorite to win the entire thing. Whether they will or whether they won't is definitely up to them. We, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's nothing we can say to make them win it or make them lose it. It's 100% up to the players and how bad they do want it. But the Watchmen seem like they're on a mission. Um, if, if the night crawlers don't come with that revenge factor that I think is going to really help benefit them in this game, they might be in trouble. And and again, just to answer your question clearly, yeah, I think the Watchmen are the favorites. They deserve to be here. They they've earned it. They beat who they beat. There's no they didn't duck anyone. They made they traveled when they had to travel. Their season was up in the air prior to two weeks before they started. You know, they, they're dealing with a lot of adversity. So those guys are on a mission, and their mission is gonna meet that Florida mission because the Florida's mission is to prove that the loss to the rare breed last season was a fluke and they have their best chance in two weeks. So I do think the Watchmen are the favorites. But I think the key to that game is going to be that what we saw the Watchmen do to the U who, to be fair, obviously we got a couple more views at on games of the week. Yeah, That's why even this take is weird. That's why the take but, is kind of weird we off the that We didn't see enough. To the U, that is a, that, that offensive enough. line had two full. Uh, Rob mentioned it when the quarterback. Yeah, yeah but, out. but you gotta you gotta think about who they're going against. Like that works right. against the U, who are no offense, a little older. Some of those guys have been playing before I played, and they they're still playing after I retired. That's gonna work against them. You're talking about a bunch of guys from Florida who are nothing but speed. You get what well, I'm saying? What like I'm maybe saying. being that big, yeah, maybe being that big doesn't like, help. But it looks like we the haven't Watchmen seen are enough. Win the French battle. If the key to that we game, don't, we, don't, we can't out. say we can't say that. I don't think you can well, say I that. Well, I think so. Well, based on what we've seen, I, we I haven't. We haven't. That's what I'm saying. We haven't seen enough. So that's kind of like but, you're saying we haven't seen say enough. We've seen, we've seen enough from the Watchmen to be impressed. That's what I would say. But what I would say is, yeah. is that are are the Nightcrawlers skill position players that much faster? That's more, much more of, of ballers that they can make up for that discrepancy if there even is one. I'll, I'll admit there might not be one. But if we say that the Watchmen, and I would say the Watchmen trench game, at least the offensive line, we'll see what how they can block the, the, the speedier they're guys. The offensive, the they're the best but offensive line in the league. They got to cover groups. guys like Ray Chalk. They got to cover guys like Mark Bagway at wide receiver if Logo Davis is yeah. on. And even if he's yeah, not, they got, they got other guys like real. these. And the Watchmen have, have the best DRC defensive backs in the league. What's the, up? The Watchmen have the best defensive backs in the league. Period. I'm not There's saying no they question. don't. No, no, I'm just saying that's let's just stamp that. There's no better defensive back core than the Watchmen. The frustration I seen on quarterbacks' faces when they roll out and they look up and there's just a bunch of chubby guys chasing them and there's no one to throw the ball to, it, it looks bad. So my thing is I I can't wait to see that matchup. But the trench warfare, again, it's it's yet to be seen because even if, even if 
Florida can match up men, body to body and the men. What happened to a guy like Anderson who knows? You got to remember, these played here. They played before. This isn't new. And yeah. that deal was getting pressure on OG Buck. It wasn't like OG Buck was. He worked. So that's what I'm saying. This whole pitch warfare you got going. I don't know why you're looking like that because we actually saw these guys go up against those guys this year. So, and that line did those offensive linemen in. Buck was running his life. I don't know, maybe you forgot, but that's a game that, that happened. You know what I'm saying? So, to, to outright say that the Watchmen's offensive line, which again is the best offensive line, <laughs> excuse me, offensive line in the league right now. To say that they'll they'll have an easy job, no, or, that's or not they're gonna win. Are they gonna win the trench warfare? I don't know. I think you forgot about that rare breed game. Well, I didn't. And what I remember is is that what Mark Bagway employed was that two offensive lineman system. And in my opinion, not because he had the guys on the sideline, he just chose scheme wise. It was similar to the BIC playoff game against the U. We'll see what the Nightcrawlers bring, and obviously they're ready to, you know, get that revenge. And I think that's an intangible factor that that is big in this game. But when we, you just look at the scheme of it, if that's how they're going to employ their offensive strategy, it's not that Mark Bagway can't do it because we saw him do it consistently against Rare Breed last year. But with the depth of the Watchmen being both the Rare Breed and the best aspects of the Gators. You know, we'll see. And I think that's where the game rests because it's going to be if the Watchmen have better, like, matchups in spots, I think one of them is their offensive line might be able to push some people because I've seen them do it. Um, if the Nightcrawlers have some some spots, it might be that athleticism that we've come to expect from them. So, you know, we're, we're going to prep that game in two weeks. I think it's time that we uh, discuss what happened in uh, Bonanza High School Stadium in the, uh, the some would say, dry heat of Vegas. Yeah, it was a boiling hot day on the other side of the country, and you'll get a lot of in-depth looks at this game on the other side of the ball. I was actually talking with Dub Alvarez uh, from the other side of the ball, uh, one of the hosts over there, and he told and we were talking about the fact that the U for the first time in four seasons won't make it to a championship game. It feels like a changing of the guard. And talking about taking the mantle of the West, the Southwest does have a champion and it is the Insomniacs, a team that if you asked us at the start of 2023, uh back in January during the uh, fall exhibition season, if they would be one of the favorites to make it to the national championship, I think all three of us would have whooped your ass all at the same time because that would have felt like an absurdity. But the Sickwitted had some answers early, but the deeper this game got, so did the resolve of the Insomniacs, and it felt like over time the heat and the pressure got to the Sickwitted and they just weren't able to convert. And and championship points were a huge, huge part of this game and a huge part of the the Watchmen game. But Corey, taking a look at that game from the quarterback perspective, how was it that Scooter Hamilton would basically take drives off but still have the confidence to come in 
set up scores, bring in Trey Robinson. We were getting a lot of flack in the live chat for our criticism uh, of throwing in Quincy Burtz uh, at the quarterback position during the first half. Do you guys think that that was them pushing, you know, taking, easing off the gas pedal or a vote of confidence in a guy that they feel is one of the top quarterbacks in their area? Well, I, I actually tried to have a conversation with as many guys as I was, uh, you know, uh, you know, shamelessly trashing uh, on the live, which, which if you've watched me, I consistently do. And I, you know, I'm the first one on a bad throw to go up to my receiver and say, my bad, that was a shit pass. So, so being critical of the passing game and quarterbacks, there's a lot that goes into it. But in my conversation with Quincy, what I said was, is that based on his performance, which I think we would all agree, you know, there's a lot of situations that he could probably take back. You know, I don't think it was unfair criticism. And I was also uh, maybe a little bit, uh, enthusiastic with my criticism in response to the the chat egging me on. So he was an unfair target at times. But what I was basically saying in general about all of the quarterbacks, including Scooter at times, which honestly was really impervious because it was a question, it wasn't a statement, is how do these quarterbacks react to actual defense? How do they respond to actual, you know, pass rushes and pressure? And what we saw is that Scooter was able to both use the run game and, and his play calling to set up more easier situations in the past, more consistently, in my opinion, right? He was using the, he was doing the speed options. He was doing the tosses. He was getting RTC and Tone Smith involved. And then he was going up top and delivering on target throws, which is the important part. But when all of those other guys went in, and there's no need to spe specify them, you saw that at times, especially early in the game for Jeremy Geary, sick with it. Later in the game, when Urias came in for sick with it, and at times with Quincy Burtz, even though sometimes he was just missing because he was just a little bit out of sync, which happens when you're getting limited reps. The pressure changes who you are from a guy who has 70% completions. 1,500 yards, 20-plus touchdowns, and no interceptions in the regular season against a Vegas defense as a division, not the top teams, but as a division, has allowed everyone to do anything to them as if they do not care about defense at all. And that's no disrespect, but just factual. You look at teams four through eight in the Vegas division, and they've allowed, on average, closer to an embarrassing amount of points than a respectable amount of points. But what we did see in the championship game was that both sick with it and especially the insomniacs have the types of defenses that you need to have to stop offenses in the A7FL. But the one play for me that sick with it really killed me is when Eric Shepard, a, a wide receiver, but a baller, right? He was a baller. He gets to the outside gets to the sideline, and three sick-witted defenders cornered him. Now, guys make great plays all the time. But what I saw was a commitment to use the bicep and the forearm muscle for the tackle, and nobody actually going for that Wolverine-style tackle that we saw you know, primarily in the middle of the field when the U was attacking the Watchman defense. Because if you watch what the Wolverine could do, smaller than all of those guys out in Vegas – and he puts fear into every offensive player in the Northeast, 
You can do it if you try, Vegas. So with pressure, what we saw from the quarterbacks is that they are more average than their statistics would appear. And it was pretty much Scooter manipulating not only the pocket, the play calling, but also the football with accurate pinpoint precision passes that really changed the game for the Insomniacs. And Rob, when we looked at the momentum and confidence of this game, when we were talking with Darren Palmer, he had some confidence to him. But the level of swagger on this Insomniacs team does feel like they belong out east. Do you think that that swagger has been one of their key drivers because of that level of confidence in how good they know they are? Or is it just a, a layer of bravado as we talk about players like RTC Wilkerson and it's only going to get them to a certain point? That game is ass. I don't, I don't even, I don't even want to answer what you asked me because that game was complete ass. That first half was disgusting from both teams, in my opinion. The only bright spots were sometimes Anthony, Tone Smith was a bright spot. Scooter actually looked impressive. RTC was trying to get it going, but didn't really get it going. And then he, you know, he had that unfortunate event happen and he had to leave the game. But I, it was very anticlimactic for me to leave a game like the U versus the Watchmen to then go to a game where I was even more excited for because of all the talk. And I think that's part of the problem. I think it's, it's a little bit too much talk. I'm kind of tired of hearing people talk. Like I, I, I heard guys tell me that sick with it and insomniacs were closer than, you know, we thought they were. I never felt that way, but these guys are in Vegas and that's what they're telling me. Sick with it looked terrible. Jeremy Geary does not look good. And neither did the Insomniac's defense. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't like what I saw from Jeremy Geary. I didn't like what I saw from the Insomniac. My my mindset is if you're letting Jeremy Geary run on you untouched, what the fuck is going to happen to you when you run into a Steri, when you run into a Huff, when you run into an Ace, when you run into a Mark Bagway? If Jeremy Geary can get 40 yards on the ground, a pop, it's not looking too good for the Insomniac's defense. So, no, I don't, I don't think the swagger, I don't think they lived up to any of the shit they was talking. Um, and as far as Q goes, I want to be very clear. I'm not from Vegas. I am not in the flag tournaments. I wasn't around when whoever was doing whatever they were doing and they were good at it. From what I saw on Sunday, Q is ass. I'm sorry. I, like, I'm not being honest. Like, they try to tell me, oh, this guy, oh, yeah, just wait till Q get Q's ass. Q cannot win any games in this league if he was a starting quarterback. He would beat bum teams that I don't talk about anyway. Q is ass. Stop mentioning him when you're talking about the Insomniacs. Because I promise you, if Q takes the field instead of uh, of Robinson or again, school was very into it. The insomniacs are not what we think they are. I promise they're as good as we think they are. If Q is the help, so please, guys, I don't care about shots, I don't care about the inbox until Q knows me. He's good, 
he's 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 and then again it goes to my Jerry take. Oh Jesus, I can't let like Corey hits me. Jeremy comparable to RF from the North, which you might not know. You do a little bit of research, you'll see. Far from that, very far from that. On the contrary, I thought he was more comparable to Corey Hamden when he could run. If I'm being honest, Jeremy Gary had some great throws. They do not run the ball, which is fucking insane. And they were, they're very, sick with it was very one-dimensional. They play like a flag team and they got as far as they did because they have the talent to back it up. But they, they got bumped off here because they wouldn't have made it anywhere else past this point. They can't, they cannot compete. We left them off the list a few times in the regular season because they cannot compete at the level they think they can compete at. There's no running backs. They all, it's always a four, four wide trips. It's ass. The whole offense is ass. And that's why I look at the insomniac so funny because if you're allowing a team that is so one dimensional, like the sick with it to even score points or put a, get yards on you. Bro, nah, y'all in trouble. I think the insomniac should really take this time out, stop talking, sit y'all asses down and watch some film. Figure out what works because the shit that y'all did against sick with it is not it. I promise you that. Now, and, I, and it's I interesting. Do... Go ahead, Corey. I'm sorry, because because not not to not to. Corey's gonna shoot y'all bail because I was too mean. I was too mean. <laughs> That's what Corey's about to do. No, no, no. Not, Corey, not Corey likes to make y'all feel good. No, 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 no. I, I, I just want to, I, you know, we, we talked about this before the show. You, you are the voice of the champion and the winners, right? And I'm there the voice go. for those who lose, apparently, because I guess I try. But you're, a, you're a winner in my impact. heart, Corey. Well, I appreciate you guys because you guys root for me, and 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 even Rob is saying that uh, a Jeremy Geary is is a is a version of me. I, I think that's almost like a compliment to me and a diss to him. But not to diminish the impact of Rob's statement, because I think that a competitor that plays on sick with it. If you're a competitor and you hear Rob say that, that should be something that you enjoy hearing, use and value because that that is something that you can now improve with if anybody tries to pat anyone on the back for how great they were against all of the other teams in vegas and then when it came up to the most important game of the year they kind of had a clunker and you want to get the pat on the back you probably don't have what it takes to be a champion and that's okay too i don't have a championship right but what i will say is is that what we saw in my opinion what i saw from jeremy geary is although in the beginning of the game, he obviously had to adjust to facing a defense that was putting pressure on him, and it's not something that he was used to. I do feel at times we saw him against a defense that I respect, you know, a decent amount, find ways to move the ball downfield and execute the offense that they were capable of. I also think that we can't diminish the loss of lavish T because lavish was not the main target on every one of their pass plays. He wasn't, but he was the guy that they would line up at running back. And when you don't have the guy that you line up at running back and he's injured, guess what? You go into a Corey Hammond offense, as some would say, and it's not always so just there's only one running back. Are you are you shitting me? So Lavis well, T's the be only clear, Rob, running back on sick with it? That's insane. Clear, That's Rob, ass too. isn't even a traditional running back on his own. No disrespect exactly. to his game, but he's which, more of a, he's means, a 
which means there's other players that are not traditional running backs that you could have put back there. And let's be clear. I don't think Jamie Geary's ass. I didn't say that. I think Jamie Geary's actually very good as a pocket quarterback, and that's why I compared him to you. It was actually a compliment. You were just saying him and you. he's running against you. If he's, I'm saying if Jamie Geary, who's not the fastest guy, if Jamie Geary is able to eat up yards like that, bro, the Insomniac's defense is in trouble. And it's more so a warning to the Insomniac's, and it actually an attaboy to Jamie Geary because he had the Insomniac's on their heels in the first half. Because they wanted to well, put and, it in And what I was going to say is, is before stick with it to kind of put them to the bed, they should take what Rob's saying and use that to get better because they need to. You know, if they if they completely disband because they lost uh, a championship game and they got to find a way to be on like LeBron and join the winners, and there's going to be a bunch of guys from Sick with It that now realize the culture better Insomniacs, right? If that's fine, if, if they do that, that's fine. But if the, the Sick with It have what 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 is a pretty good f- foundation in their first year yes. in this league, agreed. And if they build, agreed. if they if they work at it, if they do the same thing that the Force did. Because even though the force didn't get a better result than they did last year, I would say the force, the force has a building. The force of building. Yeah, they're building. Yeah, so I'm not mad that. at the force. I'm not mad they at the it. force. It's the talks. It's the talk. That's what I'm attacking. That's why I mentioned that first. I'm not. I'm well, not. Then, well, then, well, then let's give that some context then. Because there's another podcast that is a Vegas exclusive podcast, the other side that's of the correct. ball. Oh, yeah, that's um, right. That's right. Those guys. And do you think that they're going to shoot the Insomniacs the same amount of bail that we think that they would? You mean not the stick with it because they lost or the Insomniacs? In terms of just how, how they came out of the box, how the, the inefficiencies. Are they going to shoot both of those teams bail? Are they going to try to give them the impression that Ohio is not going to be a challenge because walking out of this, if I'm Skylar Hurd, if I'm Brent Summers, if I'm anybody on that oh, chaos yeah. I'm team. licking my chops. I'm licking my chops. Well, if, I'm, I'm, Hurd I'm, in, in like chaos, Geary, if Jeremy Geary is compared to young running Corey Hammond, I mean, we could say a lot about Keno Thomas as a quarterback, but is he faster than Jeremy Geary? Oh, 100%. Y'all gonna make me see, yo, the Insomniac's defense played so poorly, in my opinion, you're gonna make me say something positive about Ohio. You guys should be ashamed of yourselves. You guys should be ashamed of yourself. I haven't said anything positive about Ohio unless we were talking about the Covington Heist. I can't Listen, believe you're gonna yeah, make me say this. Ohio. You guys, you guys might be up for a bit of a first quarter struggle against Keno and them boys. Because they have a lot of like new Omegas, right? Yeah, but I've been I've been shitting on them those guys from the beginning of the season. They have a lot to prove. If if they come out with some fire, I'm I still think the Somniacs are gonna win, but they're gonna kick you guys in the gut early and have you guys looking a little silly on national television. I hope not. And on caffeine.tv. Uh when it comes to the this game, the in the Insomniacs, if they walk in the same way they did against Sick with It, they are going to be in for a surprise, I think, against Ohio. Because they were watching that game. They were taking notes. They were, they were taking as much information in as possible because 
this is the most we've seen of the Insomniacs in a tight game situation all season. In my opinion, if you are the coach of a team or if you're the leader of an organization and you see a team that was world beaters have such a slow start and then build out to a pretty sizable lead at the end, but it wasn't a dominant win the same way that we've seen end over end in the other nine weeks of the season. Once you see those inefficiencies, that that makes it a brand new ball game. But you can say the same thing about the chaos too, because we shouldn't have the recency yeah. bias to where, and and we'll shoot them some bail. Three people were hurt, or how however starter like they had like three starters, two flat tires, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Oh, uh, yeah, get your asses on the field to play football. Yeah, but that, but, but that's what. The heists are not anywhere near, no disrespect to the heists, but the heists are not anywhere near the same threat that the sick would it were. And to be fair, the Insomniacs started fast. I think they almost pulled the Nightcrawlers in that first half where they're putting in backups too, too quickly against the team. That's that what I mean. Is lay down. They decided to, to rev the ball up, and, and then that started the second half where they got the turnover on the three-on-one. That that's oh, when yeah. things once, just started once, completely. Once my guy Lions started roaring down the field, even though we we wanted to call him all kinds of different names because whatever, we're we're, we're I'm lying. Very I'm not actually my guys. wearing my glasses this week, and somehow I see better. But I was also I was also I'll take I'll take responsibility for that. We've seen Lions return on games of the week before. I was pointing to the wrong thing for Matt. Uh, it's my fault. I'll take I'll, I'll I'll take responsibility for that. Matt's great at what he does, but he's doing seven hundred things at once. So if I can't point to the right name, then it's it's on me. I'm the idiot. But you know, shout outs to both of those teams at the end of the day because it was much better competition, much higher level football than we've seen from most of the matchups in Vegas. But at the end of the day, it comes back to this for me. There's a lot of dudes in the Insomniacs that want to be the star, but. You can't be the star on a team where you're you're rotating in and out every every three series with another guy that's getting just as good as stats if if, if, if he even gets the chance at it. So are you not tired of this narrative? Do I ever get tired of anything, Rod? No, I mean, how many of these guys do you talk to that literally say, "Hey, Corey, I want to be the star. I don't want to win. No, I just want to." All do of my them best. say that they're like, about to retire much for him and I, i've been in this league 10 years losing and i, I just don't understand oh, anything but you gotta understand that we said this before vegas has sped run the a7fl when you're yeah, speed, speed running something yeah, yeah, speed. you're not really you're not really okay. taking into account the toll that it takes on your body which you're talking is exactly about it takes on body i hold on hold on no I, I you, you, okay your, your mental health is different from what we know is a regular thing. You're not normal, Corey. You like what happens to you out there. I don't. I, like saying, they in and week out their mind, they're treating us like let's let's just call it spade. They're coming flag. They're treating us such. It's not flag. You can't play seven up games in one. You can't do that. I did it. Nice. You can't do. That. It's not. It's not the okay thing to do. It's not a tournament for a few minutes. You're out there with grown men bumping, 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 thudding us with no pants on. So this, this is a total understanding where a guy like Travis five touches and says he's sore on Monday. Bro, 
there's plays he's in there, he's probably getting hit, and we don't see it, even without the ball, because he's that dangerous of a player. So my thing is, I, I, I get it. They want to retire because this is too much, but they're trying to put Vegas on a map by winning or earning their first championship in the league in their third or what is this their third year second or third year second, which, second year second year and they're and which they're would be that very closer, Rob. which would be very closer. impressive which would be very impressive but they're starting to see this shit isn't a joke this shit isn't easy it's just not and that's what you're, you're seeing happening right now That's a, I think that's a great place to to end it next week on the show. We're gonna we were gonna do it this week, but it's getting a little late, and I, and I like where the conversation ended. We're gonna talk about vacation plans for the other teams in the A7FL, and well, you know, the Boston Omegas are gonna go to a few Red Sox games. They're gonna get some chowder. Uh, the BIC, well, Saturday, we're having a, an award <laughs> ceremony. I don't know what we're getting awards for. We didn't win a game, but. It'll be great trying. to see my guys. You know, I, I have that ride now, finally. <laughs> oh, they nice. did it all season. Now my try. I'll try. Corey is the MVP, the most valuable trier. Yeah, there you go. MVP. But uh, tickets and on-sale information will be coming soon for the first ever three-on-one live live show. Uh, we will be celebrating the one-year anniversary of the three-on-one podcast. It'll be me, Rob, Corey, and a host of others. And that will be, I believe, Friday Championship Weekend. For more information on the championship, go to a7fl.com slash championship. That's a7fl.com slash championship. You see what Corey's wearing? If you want to buy one yourself, you can go to tinyurl.com slash a7fl merch. That's tinyurl.com slash a7fl merch. Uh, and we will be back next week with a vacation planning edition of the three on one podcast. And we'll dive a little deeper into the final four of the a seven FL. The conference championship gets decided after the 4th of July weekend until then for big Rob Fabian and Corey Hammond. Actually, you know, nah, nah, should, should I, should I, nah, he's not worth it. But, 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 but speak my name and it won't be a fun time. For Big Rob Fabian and Corey Hammond, I've got to live up to what I'm about to say because don't be an asshole. Well, all you can do is try, man. And I'll try. Hey there, it's Matt Ryan. Are you enjoying this A7FL podcast? Well, I'm glad you are, because that means you can give us money. That's right, you can buy our merch right now at tinyurl.com slash A7FL merch. That's tinyurl.com slash A7FL merch. Up there right now, we have some Thick Boy Season merchandise. We've got some Hus Hus shirts, and also we've got some Corey Hammond-related merchandise coming soon, a Corey Hammond, Corey Hammond's t-shirt hoodie and a whole lot more you can get all of them right now sent to you nice comfy and cozy at tinyurl.com slash a7fl merch and also you can find it in the show notes now back to that podcast you like